This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watched on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Lon? All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, like uh, Gabe is all right? Like Gabe is better than all right. Right? <laughs> Gabe is cool. <laughs> uh, what a romantic proposal that was. Of all the things, yeah, that really could go wrong on this show, the Gabe Isabel storyline right now is peaking right now yeah yeah all time high right now i think (laughs) i think like maybe we jumped the gun a little bit but i mean we saw the preview of next episode and apparently he's gonna face a roadblock in order to oh yes marriage because he doesn't have his birth certificate that shows that he's a man right and that that was one of the yeah seeing that little bit it was like, okay, but how important is that, though, to being considered a couple and for marriage? I don't know. There's just these weird, I don't know, for me, things that are like arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Let's still block like people from stuff like this, from getting married to somebody they love is, oh, well, the birth certificate has to exactly be, you know, state. I'm just like, okay, can they get that like corrected later? And can we continue with the process? Yes, I agree. Like in some countries, I think we kind of have to remind ourselves that there are a lot of conservative countries out there that still don't allow same-sex marriage. Is that what it is? Based on, yeah, based Ah, on the birth certificate. So that's what it is. It was a same-sex marriage thing. Right. In order for him to get married, it has to be, okay, got it. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing. I missed that, yeah. Yeah, because if Gabe produces original birth certificate will show that he's a female and that would be considered same-sex marriage and i should be saying check notes but i didn't really check notes here because i haven't done my research (laughs) i think colombia probably does not allow uh, same-sex marriage unfortunately Mm -hmm. good call i feel bad for them but oh well hopefully there is a way around it but yeah let's talk about the proposal i think we kind of know what um no, you know what? Same-sex marriage is allowed and has been legal since 2016 in Colombia. So they just need a birth certificate that's correct, I Probably, guess. Probably, yeah. Or up yeah. to date. <laughs> or TLC just... Right, 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 right. right. Unnecessary <laughs> drama. This story is too happy, guys. We got to dial it back. Yeah, we got to <laughs> like, throw in some curveball. Yeah. Some like roadblocks here and there. Right, right, right. <laughs> Can't always let Gabe and Isabel have that happily ever after. That's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say kudos to Isabel's dad mm. for being open-minded. I know when 
me and my husband watched that scene where they were, I guess they were trying to work out at the public playground slash gym. We were so impressed with what he said. And I wish there were more religious people who are more open-minded like that, who are Mm -hmm. more accepting, they embrace differences, all in the name of love, right? Because that's what God is. God is love. He showed up to actually learn and not just to be a voice of like opposition. He wanted to learn about Gabe's journey and to better understand Gabe and to fully embrace Gabe and Gabe's identity. It was very, very, very impressive. And hopefully, you know, we'll live in a future where stuff like this doesn't matter. But while it does, we definitely have to recognize Gabe's parents and Gabe's dad, especially in this episode, for doing things that many Christians would not, and many people, Christian or not, would not do yeah, and are not currently doing. So yeah, props. I really loved that for both of them. Yeah, such a heartwarming scene. And I wish there was more of that on TLC, but shall we move on? Or anything else you want to say about Gabe and Isabel? There was one thing about the proposal. The proposal was great. And I'm only mentioning this because I really got excited for it. I'm nitpicking at this point. Mm-hmm. I think Gabe dropped to his knee too early oh. because it gives away what's in the cup. Yeah, Like if she were to like open the cup. And the only reason I bring this up is because I wanted to see that reaction. Right. I wanted to see her like get it and then lift the cup and see the ring. And I was looking forward to that reaction. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. She's going to be so surprised. And before she did it, he's already on his knee. And I'm like, oh, and by yeah. then you already know what's coming. Yeah. She doesn't need to lift the cup and you don't need to get the reaction anymore. Yeah. He's on his knee. And then and within the next two to three seconds, he's reading the proposal. And she hadn't even... By that time, now, the the fact that you're covering the ring in a cup is a moot point, right? Yeah. And, and that was my only thing. I wish we could have got that surprised reaction where she's like, oh, this is such a pretty that you made, you know? And then she, what what's going on? And then she looks and then and then he's getting on his knee and just the, the shock. I, I, I thought it, it might have made for better TV, but also I was looking forward to the reaction and I never got it. And I was like, ah. But again, I'm nitpicking. It was it was great. It was great the way it is. And I'm happy for the both of them. And yeah, that's a good call out because I found it strange that she didn't get to see the ring first. Mm. And then he already dropped to his knees. And I guess I was just impressed by the vows or whatever, the proposal done in Spanish. In Spanish. Oh, yeah. yeah and I thought, oh, that's so sweet. And then yeah. I wish she had... <laughs> open the plate I guess right first yeah, and then right. see the ring and be like <gasps> and then, right. but then like, once he <laughs> dropped to his knee like I guess as and anyone would have guessed is like oh okay that's a proposal coming yeah <laughs> you know so this is it it's it's happening <laughs> it's happening yeah this is a ring in here <laughs> yeah cool so shall we talk about Debbie and Osama there's not much going on I feel like it's cute that they went to like a poetry session and even though I was a little bit skeptical that a lot of them are being paid by TLC to recite poems. <laughs> everyone I, in there's a plant, right? They're, yeah, they're, they're planted yeah, in there. <laughs> that's what I thought because everyone had a foreign accent. No one sounded close enough to Osama. And I was like, huh, this could be like all the crew people just <laughs> freaking busting out their poetry skills yeah. and... You know, I guess it's it's just a scene that they created 
just so Osama can go up and beside his, you know, and it doesn't feel awkward. But okay, so that aside, obviously, it's a romantic gesture. And I guess Debbie felt really flattered that he claimed her. And that's pretty much it for their scenes, I feel. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a lot. I think it was it two days or two weeks. So they were supposed to spend time together before going to the family. Mm. So it, this felt like filler. It felt like filler, y'all. Mm-hmm. It felt like filler because they hadn't met the parents yet. So yeah. it was like, oh, well, we got to do something because, you know, there's no content, you know, and it really did just feel like filler. We know he's a poet. We know they're both artists. And I think we established before, even with the little drama that they experienced, we still established that I think they both love each other and they're they're both genuine. So I don't know if this really progressed the relationship the way TLC had wanted it to or the way they maybe intended it to. For me, it didn't really do much. Yeah. Forgettable. And speaking of forgettable, was there a scene with Danielle and Johan? I feel like there wasn't, right? It was an extension of the scene that started from last episode. Yeah, they they fleshed out the conversation (laughs) about seeing her ex-boyfriend. She claims that it wasn't really a relationship, but that they had dated. And Mm -hmm. he's like, no, that's that's an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. He's like, it's just he's a friend. No, that's your ex-boyfriend. And in our culture and your culture, maybe y'all are cool with that. Over here, it's not cool at all. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I I don't know how many beers he's had. One, two. And she's like, well, you're not going to drive. You've been drinking. And then she sits on his lap. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't trust you. Get out. And he's like, well, you just get off. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why, but it just feels like their relationship is almost always bordering on. They've got work to do. Yeah. They got some work to do. And it's always full of tension. It's interesting because I think of all the activity on Twitter, I've noticed this is the one that I think I've gotten the most pushback on and not on my own tweets, but just in other conversations. So I tweeted earlier that. You know, I can kind of see both sides. I get both sides. However, as somebody who has been able to salvage friendships with my exes and as somebody who is dating people who have baby fathers and stuff are still in in their lives, I'm cool with that. I'm all right with that. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm 43. I'm older. I'm a little bit more mature. I'm in a healthy relationship where I trust my partner. So for me to trust them with other people and for my partner to trust me with other people, I don't have this problem where I'm seeing a large group on Twitter are like, yeah, that's fucked up. How would you feel if your partner went to see their ex? You know, and I'm like, am I in the minority here? Because and I don't know. I, I don't know how old these people are. I'm assuming that these are probably people and not where I'm at in my life. You know, so this, I think, is I want to say the most contentious argument I've seen so far is mm. Where do we stand on this? And for the most part, what I've seen is it's totally not cool to be friends with an ex. And how dare you ask (laughs) to go have lunch with him or I don't know, whatever that thing was. But I I understand both sides. And for me, where I stand on it, as long as you respect the boundary of your relationship and as long as the person you're visiting, your friend, quote unquote, respects the boundary of your current relationship, then it's fine. And I think that's where she's trying to get to. She's like, come with me. Come with me and and I'll show you that he's cool and we're all right. And Yohan's like, fuck that. I'm not going to meet this guy. <laughs> you can go 
I'm not going to meet you. But if you go, there's going to be consequences. Right? Yeah, is how he put it. And she's like, well, what are the consequences? <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this in the last recording. And yeah. it plays to people's insecurity as well, right? Mm. Like some people are just not secure enough to accept a former lover slash ex slash whatever girlfriend, boyfriend into the mix. And as the partner, I think it's your job to make sure that your partner feels comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Some people may be fine with it and some people may not. And some people like yourself, Lon, I mean, you're in a healthy relationship where you both feel secure by each other. You know your boundaries and it's fine if your exes enter your lives and because nothing will come between you both Mm. because that's how strong your relationship is i think for johan and daniel like you said they have a lot of work to do and johan probably being like a much younger person doesn't Mm. feel comfortable you know having his partner's ex around them and i think too it's important that she validates how he feels about it and i don't think she did that I think the way she's going about it is more of like, why can't you see it my way? Like it's being forced down his throat as opposed to like easing him into it. And I think that's why the pushback is so much stronger for me. And not just why can't you see it my way? Right. It's going to be my way. Yeah. She pretty much got him to like cave in and he's not going to do it. And now she's going the extra mile and saying, we'll meet him. So he already said, okay, fine, go. But I'm not going to be there. Yeah, she got that right. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Okay, the first step is yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go, and now she's trying to push it further by saying you're coming with me, and he's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, always her way. <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna say, I always maintain that she's always acting as an alpha who doesn't cave in, and she's just so black and white about it. <laughs> no compromising with her, and it, it's getting tiring, and I. I'm guessing this is part of the drama that's being drummed up. But yeah, I can see that it's getting pretty tiring. Yeah. At least for me. What about Jamie and Chris shopping for a food truck, y'all? I just thought that it was an exercise in lack of due diligence, right? Like if I were them, I wouldn't shop for a food truck first. I would shop for how much does it cost to do groceries around here? And how much does it cost to feed? 50 to 100 people that would potentially come to a food truck. It's like for them, they just shop for the food truck for the sake of just filming the scene. And then when it comes to like the time to make decision, then they kind of (laughs) dial back and be like, huh, now we have to check how much it costs to Mm. like shop for food and and like what kind of menu we want to serve. Yeah. What is this? Like, why are you working backwards? Felt like they were winging the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't mention a budget. Um, Like you said, they hadn't yet settled about what the menu would look like. They said it was going to be, I guess, um, what's in now when you mix cultures? What's that called again? Like uh, a fusion? Fusion. Like, like an okay. American, like Colombian kind oh, okay. of fusion. Oh, Venezuelan, right? I think. Thing, because, Venezuelan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jamie's Venezuelan. I but think. then how yeah. does that, <laughs> I don't know. How does that fit within... Don't get me wrong. The bus was cool. Oh, totally. How do you, Zombie bus. How do you, right. How do you fit your fusion 
idea? How do you fit that into the theme of zombies and stuff like that? I understand, like, I think it's cool that kind of fits Chris's identity and persona with the guns and the knives. America. Right? <laughs> um, but it was like for a fusion food truck, like, how are we going to negotiate that? Yeah. I also know the moment she opens her mouth and use the translator app that she'll probably get sold a higher price. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, she should have just let Jamie do that. Yeah. Talking. Jamie should have handled that transaction, that yeah. business transaction. Like, look, come here, come here. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's talk. Let her negotiate a local discount or something, right. you know. Mm -hmm. But because Jamie came and she had a very strong Southern American accent, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 20000 is considerably affordable in the food truck world. But I don't know, maybe I got sticker shock because I was like, shouldn't it be cheaper outside of the US? Like, why is it 20? Is it 20000 US or 20000 Colombian pesos? You know, if it's Colombian pesos, yeah, okay, maybe it is pretty cheap. But still, <laughs> it's funny to me how they're doing things backwards. Like, oh, we found a really cool food truck. Oh, wait, but first, what do you want to serve? <laughs> Yeah, and like, how much does food cost around here? Cost, yeah, and is it within your budget? Oh, I don't know because we didn't do a budget yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you just wasted this guy's time. He just I showed you two food trucks. Yeah, you wasted our time because we're like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, poor planning. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna find out that Chris has to return to the U.S. for whatever reason, right? I think did she mention why she had to return to the U.S. She said she ran out of narcolepsy meds and mm -hmm. they don't have apparently the type of prescription she has. They don't have the meds there, mm. which is an Again. eyebrow raiser to me. Yeah, You're I... telling me there aren't any narcoleptics in the entire country? Hard to believe. <laughs> but also, yeah. if you're planning to migrate somewhere, shouldn't you get like a lifetime supply type of thing or again this is poor planning on her part too like she's just winging it going to yeah. colombia and be like oh maybe they have it maybe they don't but i really need it yeah and this is you know meds are an important thing y'all how did you not plan this in advance exactly. it, you know if things were to go smoothly this was the permanent move if things were to go smoothly yeah. like you hadn't set like an auto ship kind of i don't know something yeah. <laughs> why why is this only coming up now so it was definitely an eyebrow razor it's always i gotta leave i gotta leave i gotta leave yeah and it's just like i don't think chris intended to be in colombia uh, something weird here yeah <laughs> that's not her last stop it just gives me that feeling that you know what she's probably gonna go back to the u.s maybe try to bring jamie over if she's really sincere but i don't think she plans to stay in Colombia for long mm. to me Chris comes across as someone who needs that creature comfort and I don't think she'll ever find it in Colombia and she'll come up with all kinds of reasons for not being able to settle down there yeah and as we saw in the trailer for the next episode so before the episode ends she tells Jamie two weeks tops right. two weeks tops and Jamie's like well give me a date and she's like well I can't because it depends on how long it takes me to finish this. It could be X amount of days. It just depends how long it takes me to get all this stuff done. But she did give a word two weeks tops. And then in the trailer, it looks like she's been gone a month. 
Yeah. And from what Jamie said, she says, this is the first time I've seen you in like four weeks. And you're just like, come on, that's not how you treat your wife. So we'll see. We'll talk about that when we watch the next episode. But definitely, definitely not looking good. Not looking good at all. Also not looking good. Rishi. Rishi's (laughs) not looking good. No. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how many reasons or excuses that he can come up with, but none of those can stick with me. His mannerisms, his voice, when she was grilling him, there was no confidence whatsoever. And I think he definitely felt like he was being cornered and that he had to find his way out of this situation. Even with the evidence brought against him, I think if someone truly didn't do anything or it was completely innocent, they would be able to explain their position with some confidence and have an answer. They would have an answer. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that nothing. You know, or this, oh, I can explain that easily, blah, blah, blah. But there was hesitation and there was unsuredness, you know, and I'm like, you do not look good right now. (laughs) You're in trouble, dude. Yep. 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 I don't know how he's going to get out of that. Hmm. And it's a 10 year visa, right? That was a, that was a long time. I think they were saying it's a 10 year visa. So she ain't leaving unless she has to. But she's sticking around, so I don't know, man. (laughs) Also, when we saw his bare body on this episode, I'm guessing, obviously, that's his current shape. But why is it that his picture shows, like, he has, like, a very ripped... Low fat uh, body, yeah, content, yeah, like a lot of apps, and then very lean, yeah. Because I, I think that was the first thing my, my husband pointed out is that, wait a minute, that's not him in the photo, is it? Because that doesn't match up with what this spa date that they're on. Like he's kind of bulgy in some areas, and people are not, not body shaming y'all, but I'm just saying, like, right? It's not body catfishing, catfishing, <laughs> catfishing, or photoshopping going people on. People have mentioned that online that they're like, "Wait, did she get catfished? What?" Because I tried to look at the photo again, yeah, and the angle of his head. You can't really see his face. Mm. It's it's really down. And then because they're playing with shadows, which is, yeah. you know, if you're a photographer, you do that. But even Lighting. the shadows are very kind of strategically hiding. positioned. Yeah, strategically, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, so that's his thirst trap photo, basically, mm. where he's, I guess, sending it around to catfish people or something. I don't know. Like. But the fact that Jen is still very attracted to him, I'm like, Jen, come on. You're better than this. Like, yeah. come on. Why? But August 2nd at 4 p.m., y'all mark your calendars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no hate on astrology. I actually forgot how big astrology is in India because I remember even Sumit had a... Mm-hmm. Sumit and Jenny went to an astrology, right? Right. To like, kind of determine like oh what's the way forward with our relationship and like are we compatible or whatever so i forgot about that until this and it was also for the same reason if you remember that they were trying to pick a date not Mm. to tell the parents but i think to pick a date the best day to get married right 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 but it was also for a date and that's why like when are the stars aligned for us right? right what when is the best date yeah. To do XYZ. So, right. The astrology definitely plays a part. And in both circumstances, it was to find the ideal date to do something. 
Yeah, that's a very specific application, right? Normally it's like, oh, uh, it's matchmaking and yeah. are our personalities compatible and what's the I thought best? It's more like her horoscope. Very sign. right, yeah. right. But this, but this was is like, like pinpoint. Yeah. 4 p.m. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she said 4 p.m. 4 p.m. <laughs> Not a minute earlier or later. 4 p.m. You gotta you gotta let loose. Gotta be like, yo, we're dating. Yeah. <laughs> 4 p.m. That's crazy. The countdown. Yeah. Eight, nine eight. Here's oh, the news. Yeah. Here's the news, y'all. Like, uh, we're engaged. Right. <laughs> but the astrologer also. I don't know whether you caught this long, but he kind of insinuated that they were not compatible. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what is it then? Not compatible, but still giving a date? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> not compatible, but if you got to tell tell them. Tell it on August yeah, 2nd tell at 4 p.m. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the best Phil. news, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we're engaged. Well, what else did he say? He said, we do not belong together. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. All right. Anything else uh, with Rishi and Jen Long? Uh, that's it for me. All right. Going to get to the interesting stuff here. Nicole and Mahmoud meet. I like Nuran. I like Nuran. Yeah. I like Nuran too. I really like Nuran. And uh, Nuran basically said, you know, there's a whole other side to Cairo. It's called New Cairo. And you can still be Muslim. And guess what? The positions on certain things aren't as strict. Yeah. And women there are a bit more, um, I, I hope I'm not offending anyone using this term, liberated. Mm. And uh, Liberated or liberal? Liberal. There you mm. go. Yeah, because liberated kind of implied that they oppressed. were once right. yeah, oppressed or slave. Right, 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 and then right, right. like, eh, liberated. Right, right, right. And you can wear the things you want. And obviously, they go into a conversation about Egyptian men, which I don't want to speak of. Uh, I'm glad she said it. I guess she's from the area and, and she has a better understanding of that. So I just want to stay in my lane and not going to generalize about Egyptian men. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. But she said, basically, Egyptian men are this way and they're fascinated at first. But this goes across the board, though. And that's another reason that I don't want to say that because it's across the board. I think men in general, I can generalize about men in general <laughs> and perhaps women in general. I don't know. When we see our partner, what attracts us to them initially is how they are and who they are when we meet them. And then we get into a relationship and then we try to change them. That goes for everyone. I think. That's universal. Yeah, that's universal. It doesn't and, happen and all the time, but it does happen. It is a it very does. common friction in yeah. relationship is that you try to change the other person and sometimes you all forget that you fell in love with them yes. as they are and then as you get more and more comfortable it's almost human nature right it's like you when you get more and more comfortable you're like oh why can't you do it like this oh why do you have to be like this why do you have to you know in my case it's like why do you have to game all the time <laughs> 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 but hey i met my husband and he, he loves to game just like lon you know they're cut from the same cloth in that way but but of course like, it gets to you and you know yeah totally i hear you there lon i think let's recap what she said about egyptian men and by the way yeah. i'll start with saying 
I don't know if Nuran was paid by DLC to be a friend of the show because if my yoga teacher were to approach me during my first lesson with her and start to ASL me like, hey, where you from? Like... You it married did a little girl? Super like, forced though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, just, class is over. Hey, you, I've never seen you here yeah, before. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> like, <So>. Whoa. <laughs> never mind all the other participants. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're interesting because you have a camera crew with you. <laughs> so I'm with you there, Lon. I'm a fan of Nuran. I think Nuran represents um, a lot of us Muslims. And this I can say because we, she and I almost have a similar take on Islam, I guess. Especially the part where, you know, in the Quran, it does say like women should or women are encouraged to dress modestly. It doesn't say anything about what modestly mean. And I think that's where the patriarchy kind of crafted that for us, right? Or Oh, so, I'm sorry. I'm cutting no, no, no off. go for it. So she was right in that argument when she said, well, it says this. And he said, oh, well, I'll show you. I'll show you where it says X, Y, Z. And she mm-hmm. was like, well, it says that they have to dress modestly. Mm-hmm. But he swore up and down that he could show her where it said that. was, yeah. And he's wrong? Like, is he? So in the Quran, it says women are encouraged to dress modestly. But modestly in those days, what does that mean? What is that interpretation? You know, mm-hmm. who came up with the idea that it has something to do with hijab or it has something to do with the burqa or whatever. That, I think, is what society came up with. And as you know, like in the, in the olden times when men are more in control, like who knew, right. who knows who came up with that, right? I also saw something where it said some of it was like where there was a timeline and you could see the difference between, I hate to bring them up, pre-Taliban and post-Taliban. And a lot of the dictates came from Taliban ideology, not necessarily Islam, but like how the Taliban enforced it as a a form of control, like literally a form of control. That's a regime. (laughs) Taliban itself isn't the religion, right? Like Right. It's because they believe in that part of the the islam that dictates that women should be dressed in a certain way or behaving in a certain way and again i don't want to go too deep dive into it because then it opens up a lot of like Mm. misinterpretation or different interpretation but basically i just want to say like me and her Nuran, we share that similar take on islam where again like i think it's being corrupted and misinterpreted by the patriarchy And I'm not saying that men are not allowed to protect women. They can. But when you start dictating and when you start oppressing people's choices, that's when I'm like, "Mm, maybe that's not what God intends. Right. Like, how can you say that God intends for women to, like she said, cover your hair. And she even gave a logical reason. You know, it's not good to cover your hair because then it restricts the sun from, from nourishing it. We're uncomfortable. It's hot. It's hot. Like, I I don't think God wants you to, you know what I mean? Like, and that's where, again, like, sometimes I feel religion loses me because the logic of it and the interpretation of how people practice religion, just personally, for me, at least, I'm not aligned with, right? Other than that, I think Nuran obviously tries to empower Nicole, but at the same time, too, it's like, I feel like she also gave Nicole what Nicole wants to hear. And so Nicole is like, oh, I'm so vindicated right now. Let me bring mm-hmm. them together to meet. 
And then obviously you can tell like Mahmoud got that blue screen of death type of look where he's like, <laughs> I can't compute what she's saying. And and then he suddenly said like, she's the worst woman I've ever met. And I'm like, yeah. no, you're just not open-minded enough to yeah. accept a different take on religion because Nuran actually said she loves her religion. I mean, assuming that is Islam, which I think it is, then it's just like, that's her personal journey. Mm -hmm. And who are you to impose that on people? And again, this is where a lot of people who are very religious and conservative, this is where they lose me because it's like them imposing their interpretation and their will on me and not allowing me to practice a religion the way I want to practice it. Right. But I have to point out, this is totally different from... Nicole backpedaling because <laughs> it's one thing to sign up for a religion it's another thing to like start negotiating your way out of it you know which right. I think I stand by that like Nicole you make your bed you sleep on it you sleep in it you you can be like oh well I you know if I, I guess she can right I, she can but unfortunately she's with someone who wants her to be of a certain way which I get it. Maybe it's oppressive to her, but she should have done some research, man. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, too, if Nicole doesn't bring it up, um, she's missing an opportunity uh, to compromise here. So here's the thing. there. Uh, she did say that now they're starting to look um, for apartments so that they can have their own space. And I think a really good compromise would be, okay, maybe we can find a place in New Cairo. Mm -hmm. And when we're in New Cairo, you and I can be a little bit more liberal and as, you know, as liberal as, as you're comfortable with and as liberal as I'm comfortable with. But if we ever step into like Cairo or we visit your mom or your relatives and stuff, then I will for sure like... Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think that would be that would be fair um, yeah. to say, you know, like this is a place we can have our own place. You're apartment hunting anyway. Let's go check out some stuff in New Cairo. Yeah. And this would be this could be a, a way where we can continue to have like a, a compromise and a healthy relationship yeah. where I I don't feel so suffocated. And um, but at the same time, I also have an opportunity to respect how you practice mm -hmm. and how your relatives practice. And and I'm not offensive to your friends and to your brother and all this stuff right there. And I'm like, clearly this could have been brought up. And I'm like, are we going to bring this up or is this just going to be a missed opportunity here? Mm. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that. I think it's like Nicole wants to take him out of the conservative neighborhood so that he so that he doesn't feel pressured by society and his family to uphold things that she's not comfortable with like for mm -hmm. example covering up right i mean already i think nicole's doing a great job like i think she's dressing as modestly as she can within her means and but I, why they always argue is because it's not to mahmoud's conservative standards and I think she's trying to open his eyes to like, hey, maybe if we are a little bit more new age, <laughs> a little bit more liberal, maybe if we live amongst like people who are more open-minded about the religion or, 
you know, not as strict as your family or wherever that, that the neighborhood they're staying at, maybe it might save our relationship because then we won't have to argue about, hey, you can't go out looking like this. Or, you, know, mm-hmm. you cannot wear short sleeve because everyone around, if everyone around you wears short sleeve, then maybe that is the new norm. Maybe that's, that's okay because everyone embraces that difference. I mean, I think maybe that's where she's going with this. You know, I have to say, Mahmoud is very sarcastic <laughs> at the end of that debate that he had with Nuran. And it shows that he needs to like embrace a lot of things, you know, when it comes to like accepting his wife. Yeah. He has his own, I think, personal journey to flesh out too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even when his brother admitted to drinking tequila, he was mind blown. He was like, what? Oh my gosh, does mom know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chill, bro. <laughs> It's okay. (laughs) I also think that the one unhealthy thing that I'm starting to realize from their relationship, Lon, is he keeps love bombing her. Yep. And I wonder if that's what Nuran is trying to insinuate to. Like Egyptian men, they like worship their wives, but behind closed doors, they're trying to change. So much love. Yeah, so (laughs) much love. Like it's his way of diffusing the situation too. Like after he was being sarcastic, he said, Oh, I love you, honey. And I'm like, Ugh. and I think Nicole doesn't realize that. She just feel like, oh, my husband loves me and mm. I love him back. But it just feels like he's love bombing her in that way, you know? Verbally, oh, yeah. Like keeps saying like, what can I do for you, honey? I love you, honey. It's like the situation is bad and he can still be like, well, I love you, honey. But yeah. in a healthy relationship, if you're having an argument, that's the last thing I'm going to say to my partner. I'm not going to be like, yeah, Fuck you. Oh, yeah. I really love you. <laughs> Eventually, though, you'll or she'll start to see it. She'll start to recognize it because I think over time it does. It starts to be like, OK, well, now you're only Hiding. saying that right to kind of dismiss me yeah. or to ignore. Yeah, to shut yeah. me up or kind of ignore the situation we're we're going through. You think it's the kind of thing that will just like end our conversation yeah. and that we've said I love you and that we we get to move on from here but yeah. we're not really moving on and I think over time you'll start to recognize that and go okay I love you back but we still need to talk about this yeah. <laughs> like you can sweep a problem under a rug just by de-escalating it and mm-hmm. saying oh I love you like it starts you know? to become empty words it's yeah after a while it loses its value yeah. and its meaning after a while And I think that's why a lot of people in the forums kind of find them annoying is because it's all the sweet words, but the action's not there. Like the the actual words. They're in the middle of a fight and they're just smiling at each other. I love you. (laughs) I love you back. It's just, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've seen the memes. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, I can't stand these guys right now. Just yeah. the passive aggressive I love you exactly. while they're arguing. <laughs> it's getting uncomfortable for the rest of us watching yeah. it. <sighs> anyway. All right, Lon, let's wrap this up with our WTF moment. What's yours? So it was a really small moment, and I think it's gonna get expanded in the next episode. For me, my WTF is Chris leaving again. It's mm. like it's become a theme of not just a pattern, but the whole theme of their relationship is is the threat of Chris going back to America. And it's it's here again. <laughs> I thought we resolved it. 
I thought we resolved it in the previous episode. You know, they got married. Nice. We get to see them happily ever after or whatever have you. And it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, right? And it's like, oh, I got to leave again. I'm like, again? <laughs> What's this now? Like, what the fuck? And again, it was really small. I mean, it wasn't small. It was noticeable enough to where they did the scene. And she's like, if you don't come back and I'm throwing away your clothes, I'm burning your clothes <laughs> and all this. So like, I would say they they dedicated enough time to it. But the fact that she's leaving again just raises, makes me raise an eyebrow. Yeah. What about you, Nadia? Well, uh, I don't know. A few words here. August 2nd, 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's the time. That's the stars the are aligned time. for that. Yeah, that's where yeah. the stars are aligned. And you, you, you got to <laughs> drop the bomb to your parents that you're dating someone. Right. <laughs> Was that his office? Step into my office and there's a dancing girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a weird place to do business. <laughs> I thought it was just a cafe, like one of those cafes where they serve the hookahs. And right, they right. They have a, a, a dance. <laughs> Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the, the PG 13 version of strip club, I guess, maybe. Yeah. To me, it's just, it was just dancing. And I, I, yeah. 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 It was just dancing, and then she dropped to the floor, and I was like, "Whoa, okay." Uh, get low, get low. low. She got low. <laughs> she got low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting scene there, but yeah, the exact pinpointing of like when the reveal should happen is just crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. what makes him stand out, right? Yeah, he can, yeah. I got it down to the hour. <laughs> he got to show us how he calculated. Like yeah. seriously, how how he came up, how he derived that time, <laughs> that date. Like, well, what is it? Watch there be an iPad app for it. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> I just put in your name. You're right. <laughs> and this is the date that they come up with <laughs> at the time. Yeah. India time, by the way. Not Pacific, not Eastern, just not GMT. <laughs> 4 p.m. India time. You get it. Tell your parents. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, well. All right. That wraps up our coverage of uh, the previous episode of 90 Day Fiancé the other way. Flan, anything else that you'd like to plug or talk about? Y'all, I just, in one sitting, I binged this new series. It'll probably be a couple of weeks old by the time you listen to this, and you've probably already seen it yourself, but it is Beef. If you haven't watched it, Beef is amazing, starring Ali Wong, and I think is Steven, Steven Yen. Yen, 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 Yen. Yeah. Yes. And um, for anyone that's a fan of um, A24, they're behind some of the greatest films, I think, in modern filmmaking. Yes. One of which was, you know, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which also racked up and really portrayed the award season yeah like and the thing these have in common is they portray asian culture in ways that don't make me like cringe and recoil and beef is the same it doesn't rely on poking fun at really corny overdone racial asian stereotypes and there are some things in there that are like you know, they're funny, but they're not funny in a way that's just like, oh, here we go again. We're making fun of accents or we're making fun of something that has been overdone by like Western civilization and how we're fetishized as a culture. And I don't even think it's actually uniquely Asian aside from its cast, but it's a pretty general theme. I think anybody can relate 
to road rage and to how things can escalate and get out of hand and the need to one up and to constantly get the last word or the last laugh. And it's just a really well told story and some things can get over the top. If anyone's familiar with A24, you guys know that this studio is, is really, really edgy and they put out really great work. It's brilliantly yeah. acted, brilliantly shot. And it just, <laughs> I can't say enough about it. It's one of the first shows that for me was like, okay, this is something that I think that has Asian identity that's actually realized, recognized and well portrayed. Yeah, it definitely explored the different layers of Asian culture and Asian identity. And, you know, typically when we portray Asians, you know, in Hollywood films and TV, it's always like the overachieving Asians, right? And it's always painting a very, I want to say a one-dimensional mm -hmm. portrayal. It's that kind of, of model Asian. minority. Yeah, man. model minority. But this shows the greedy life of an Asian and I'm glad that they were exploring very themes on this show. I've only watched the first episode, mm. but I'm already super impressed. <laughs> it is funny, but not the kind of funny that you laugh at. It's more of like the funny you laugh along with. Yeah, right. And it tugs at me a little bit. Like sometimes, even as an Asian, you kind of forget that there are other Asians that are struggling. Mm. And Stephen Yen's character shows how much of a struggle he's facing you know in this context on this show and then obviously Ellie Wong plays a character that's thriving right supposedly but she right. has her own darkness to deal with and they're both harboring this pent-up frustration that they just had to release <laughs> via their road rage which again right. it's the way that it's done too is so Californian in a way yeah. maybe I'm stereotyping that part but it's like, I can tell that it's the setting is so Californian. Yeah, it's just very Californian. It's like paying homage to Asians in California specifically. And There's I, so I'm... many layers too. I didn't realize it until like after I'd seen it, but it also plays with the commodification mm. of Asian culture. So like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to give away too much, but the there's a company that's going to buy out her business mm -hmm. and... She's a collector of mm. like, oh, wait, you're not that far yet. But she, anyways, she's an art collector, right? Art collector, yeah. And she collects like, to... she collects a lot of different artifacts and things yeah. like that. And you'll get to a scene where she puts a price tag on something. And I'm just like, oh, there's all kinds of really wonderful layers that are being explored and themes are being explored. And it's just really well done yeah. under the guise of, you know, beef. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot wait to watch more episodes clearly but i'm also at the same time obsessed with surviving r kelly which we Part talked three. about yeah yes uh we covered a bit of it last week during the last recording I know, Lon, you watched it first and you reminded me about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a part three. And then I started watching part one and two. And oh, man, that's a lot to unpack. I don't even know if we can even do it in, in one sitting here. But it's just a lot. It makes I us reckon with our own. I don't want to maybe say complicity, which is part of it. But I think our own kind of inability to grasp it and to deal with it at the time it was happening, because then it puts in our face, well, when it did happen, we were there and yeah. we were going through it. But yeah, it was a joke. It was funny. When Chappelle put out the, you know, piss on you video, we did laugh 
rather than go, well, what's being done? What is being done and why aren't we actively pursuing that? Why is it, oh, this is funny, haha, he he, that's fucked up, R. Kelly, that's so fucked. Did you hear about it? And it became sensationalized tabloid news instead of like news news. Mm -hmm. And we were there at the time. And I'm like, why was that our attitude back then? And the same with the Aaliyah thing. Everybody knew it happened. But again, it was treated as just, oh, this is just tabloid stuff. Like, why weren't we saying, okay, what's behind this? What really is behind this? Yeah. And why it took so fucking long? We were part of that at the time. Our mindsets were there. And it forces us to kind of reckon with that. (laughs) Where where the fuck were we? What were you doing? Like, (laughs) I don't know where you were when, when you found out about that. But I clearly remember I was reading this UK tabloid magazine that I always purchase on the way back from school. And I was like around my early teen years. Uh, I think I was like in Singapore, we call it secondary school. And I read about how old R. Kelly was and how young, I knew how young Aaliyah was. And then when I found out that they got married, I was very disgusted. Because I just thought like, hey, that age difference is just crazy. And at that time, I guess I didn't know any better too. But I just remember feeling disgusted. And fast forward to the the P incident where Chappelle made fun of. Again, there's also that part of us that feels like, okay, maybe this guy has a very weird fetish. But it's behind closed door. But I think the other thing that was kind of covered up is how young Mm. his victims are i guess right they're still around um, and the so... amount of victims he had i yes. think too was like yes. we didn't know i don't know maybe i just dismissed it as like an isolated incident at the time yeah. and not as problematic until more and more and more and more people and then once the count started racking up i was like holy crap. yeah like... i think again we talked about this before the recording the music industry whoever that was enabling him covered up a lot of crucial information and nobody kept count and people thought like you said it was an isolated incident that got leaked out and no one really explored it and really consolidated all this information and kind of put it all in a repository or something and then make a documentary out of it or make a Mm. book out of it but when it's all laid out that's when you know oh my god this guy is just well, he needs help, but he's also sick. He's predatory. Yeah, he has weird fetishes. He's just evil in that mm. sense. Like, I don't know how else to like describe it. But yeah, there's always also as someone from the outside looking in, obviously I'm with the victim. I definitely believe them 100%. Mm. But then also at the same time, you struggle with, again, there's so many of these people out there with like a really dark side of themselves and they're just running around like for example put aside harvey weinstein and bill cosby right army hammer is a fucking cannibal Mm. how is he not canceled yet yeah (laughs) i've only read some of those things i'm not fully up on the whole army hammer thing but i've seen some stories again like there's so many of these people just scattered everywhere the the dark side of like the wealthy elite yeah exactly very shit when you dig into that (laughs) yeah and what's sad about this whole surviving r kelly thing is that there's a lot of misogyny misogynoir Mm. 
because right. people don't believe black girls. Mm. And of course, the patriarchy comes into play here because, oh, these girls are gold diggers. They are liars, you know, and they want his money. But mm. I mean, look, look at the situation like lately, right? He ran out of money and he still has these kept women. He's still, you know, controlling people. He still has enablers. He has people who perform arsons for him and yeah. kill people. Like that one reporter was saying, like, they got him based on racketeering and being like a, almost like a crime mob boss or something. The Rico. Like, they made it a Rico yeah, case? Yeah, a Rico Re case. Yeah. yeah, which again, is like, it shouldn't be a Rico case. This has gone on for 30 years. Mm -hmm. My goodness. They... <laughs> Well, yeah, he got acquitted and that's why people kept believing him because some of the victims didn't really speak out or something like that. It's just oh, yeah. a lot to unpack. But yeah, And that's interesting too because it also brings up the idea that when someone is acquitted or someone is found not guilty, that they didn't do the things. Yes. You know what I mean? And we have to differentiate that. We have to differentiate the fact that Okay, it, it means that in the court of law acquitted them or the court of law found them not guilty, but that doesn't mean they didn't do the things that they are accused of doing. You Correct. can still have done all those things and been found, <laughs> you know what I mean, not guilty or acquitted. Like that doesn't erase it. But for some yeah. reason in our like belief system or whatever, that when someone's like, oh, not guilty, we go see, yeah, not guilty. All of a sudden, we just believe that none of it happened, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, if we tried to talk about like R. Kelly after that, people would just be like, oh, well, he was acquitted of that or he was found not guilty. Of that. And we'd go, oh, yeah, that's right. No, but that you could still have done the despicable things you did. <laughs> that doesn't erase it. And that brings that up too. like, <laughs> you know, just that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. You're right, because acquittal doesn't mean that they're not guilty of doing it. It's just there's not enough evidence. Evidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if there's reasonable doubt, and especially if there's a jury, the jury can say like, well, I mean, the victim said it's consensual, mm. and there's not enough evidence. That could have been his brother in the video. Right? <laughs> Fucking That's hell. right, the This brother. motherfucker threw his brother <laughs> under the bus like, wow, dude, wow. I'm actually disappointed in his older brother. His older brother really excused his behavior mm. and I get it, they're family, but he just chose to like not see what's in front of him. Anyway, if you guys are looking for something to fill your time, I would say Surviving R. Kelly is a very interesting watch. Uh, I was going to say, Lon, the other thing too is settlement. I think a lot of people yeah. who are guilty of something settle and when you think about it, why are you settling? Mm -hmm. it's, it's for the NDAs and to give them hush money. To it's hush someone, money. Yeah, to not make someone talk so that you can continue doing what you're doing, right? Right. And they get a compensation out of it. And I think a lot of law firms are guilty of that because that's their business model is that you come to us, we negotiate some sort of monetary compensation for the inconvenience or whatever. And But you have to sign in a non-disclosure agreement to not talk about it ever again. And then we'll settle the case for you. All right. Yeah. And some people take the money. So it's so interesting. 
That's another yeah. one I binged. As yeah. when I watched the first episode, I just had I had to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're finishing this one. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Yeah. All right, that's it from us here at Ninety Day Fiance WTF. Lon, anything else before we close out? Thanks for listening to the podcast, y'all. We love y'all. Yeah, love y'all. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.